The Old Premeds Podcast, session number three. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, or you're changing careers, but you're now ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your journey to becoming a physician. Welcome back to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast, or welcome if this is your first time. If you need to know who we are and what we're doing here, go back to opmpodcast.com slash one and find out all about the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. In short, we take questions directly from the forums at oldpremeds.org which is the site for non-traditional pre-med and medical students. And we take those questions and answer them here on the podcast. So every week you get a short question and a shorter answer to hopefully help you understand a little bit more the pre-med journey and what it really takes as a non-traditional student or even as a traditional pre-med student. A lot of these answers will, will relate to you as well. So if you want your questions answered, Go to oldpremeds.org, sign up for an account if you don't already have one, and go say hello and ask your question in the forms in the category that you belong to. And the the Old Premeds form is unlike any other form out there. It's a very safe place. There are not a lot of trolls. There, there are not any trolls on there. It's a very collaborative environment, a very collaborative community, and I, I like it a lot. So if you haven't listened to the Medical School Headquarters podcast or, or soon to be the pre-med years, then you'll understand or, or you should know about me that I am all about collaboration, not competition. And so the old pre-meds forums uh, is definitely a collaborative environment and not competitive. All right, let's get into this week's podcast or this week's question and uh, let's say hi to rich rich how you doing today i'm doing fine yourself dr gray i'm hanging in there we have another awesome question from the oldpremeds.org form this one titled do or caribbean md now i'll ask the question and then we'll talk about it afterwards how's that sound sounds good to me it says, which is a better choice, uh, more, more job prospects, in parentheses. Cumulative GPA will possibly never be above 3.0 unless over 120 hours are taken. So they're saying 120 hours of classes. Science GPA very well could be a 3.5 plus once it's said and done. Just trying to be realistic with chances. SDN, uh, our favorite three-letter word, would always say DO over the latter, but I'm guessing I'm getting mixed responses. I'd prefer MD in the US if I could have my way, but I don't know too many schools that would seriously consider me given my history. Too competitive. What do you think about that, Rich? I think this question needs to be broken into two questions for us to answer. Uh, Because it makes an assumption about GPA that I think many students see a number and that's all they see and they think they don't understand how it should be analyzed. Let me start by saying, always, always, always USMDD over any offshore school. But let's talk about the GPA first for this person who thinks they don't have a chance. It's beyond a single number. 
That is, a cumulative GPA is not looked at by a medical school that that's the number, that's it. They're going to look at lots of things, your science versus your non-science, um, which for uh, allopathic schools are going to be the biochemistry, physics, and math, BCPM, versus all other. They're going to see your grade trends. Certainly many people who start college have a terrible freshman year, but then really pick up. They're also going to look at anything other that you have. This person may have a degree from some time ago, has taken additional coursework as post-baccalaureate. Anything after your original degree is considered a post-bac. That does two things for your application. First, it will be combined with the rest of your undergraduate, but more importantly, it will be reported as a separate line item. So if you had a mediocre undergraduate record, but then you did a year or two of post-bac with stellar grades, medical schools will see that. There's also now some schools that have formal policies and mechanisms where you can have a post-bac or grad program or the last year or two of your undergraduate count as your official GPA for admissions purposes. Uh, certainly the ones that I found so far, Wayne State, Michigan's College of Human Medicine, Boston University Med School, and Louisiana State in New Orleans. Now, to back this up, by the way, there was a recent uh, survey by the AMC where they looked at, they got replies from 127 medical schools for what factors they consider. And certainly the importance of an upward and downward, downward grade trend, performance in a post-bac, or a, a SMP, a special master's program, are very important. So I just want to let people know they shouldn't just look at the number. They have to look at their overall factors that are going on. And I would also say that an MCAT is perhaps the most efficient method in terms of cost and time to show that you can handle the work. You could take an MCAT prep course for you know a few hours a week for a few months for a few thousand dollars and may be able to get a much better score. And that's what they're going to compare you with all the other students. And lastly, all students who are even remotely thinking about they don't have a chance to get into U.S. med school. And Dr. Gray is an example of this. Think about reapplying. Put that first application. You don't do well. Take time to reevaluate. Do you need GPA repair? Do you need a post-bac? Do you need an MCAT? A lot of people just need help in putting their application to, together in a more coherent, compelling, and concise manner to really convince the schools. So everyone should at least go through two cycles of applying before considering an offshore medical school. I agree wholeheartedly with all that. But that last statement that you had said about students just need help putting together a, a cohesive application, I've been helping students now for a little bit one-on-one -on -one with their applications, as I know you have done in the past as well. And and I'm amazed at, at some of the applications and some of the personal statements and the way extracurriculars are written, that it's just... It, it doesn't tell a story. It doesn't show me any passion for medicine. It, it's just not worthy of being an, uh, an application. Two things I look for very quickly in any application. One is, does this person sound arrogant? Or, you know, there's a difference between arrogance and overconfidence. The second piece is, as one of our favorite advisors, Judy Caldwell, 
uh, does is, does it make your eyes dance? Do you feel the person? Do you see the emotion? Do you see the desire? If it doesn't read true, it's almost meaningless. It will fall flat on the side. Uh, you don't want to have your personal statement read like what I did on my summer vacation or what I did on my way to medical school. You want it to read about someone who really is motivated, really is committed, and really understands what they're getting themselves into. And that goes for the ECs as well. One of my pet peeves are people just sort of put the ECs down without thinking this can be a tight paragraph, like the first paragraph of a hitting news story. That's the kind of impact it should have. So if you get if you take someone who has a so-so application, tighten all those up in the ECs, make their um, shine up their personal statement, get their secondaries polished. You can make a big impact, especially on a reapplication, and especially if you've done other improvement to go along with it. All right, kind of got off on an application tangent there, but it's it's, it's so all, important. It's um, all good. Yeah. So the the original question here is. GPA, they, what they're basically asking is, based on my GPA, do I have a shot at a USDO school or a Caribbean MD? And we broke it down into, well, let's just talk about GPA and the fact that it's not just GPA that matters when applying to a, an MD school, a DO school, or even a Caribbean school. Why don't we, we'll answer the second part in our next episode about Caribbean medical schools. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, there you have it. Again, you can go to the blog post specifically for this podcast at opmpodcast.com slash three for session number three. You can find uh, information that we talked about or, or just a, a little short written up uh, post about what we talked about here if you prefer to consume it in that way. I hope you got a lot of great information out of the podcast today. If you want more great information, go to mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com. And you can find the other shows that we do there. Right now, it's just two as we're recording this, but we'll be adding more soon. Again, mededmedia.com. I'd love it if you would tell your friends about this, your classmates, your teachers, your advisors. And if you could go to opmpodcast.com slash iTunes and leave us a rating and review for iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated. And I hope, as always, that you join us next week here at the Old Pre-Meds Podcast.